But it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, so uh, to, this morning we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Surprise, right? It's Christmas season. Um, and, uh, and we often find ourselves in this chapter. It's a good chapter. There's a lot to learn there. So um, I, I got to say that when, when I kind of found out I was going to be speaking about the nativity or was encouraged to touch on something relating with Christmas, um, I found it challenging. I've never done a Christmas message or anything like that before. I've done some like youth messages before, but never a, uh, a full message based on the Christmas story. And, and it's kind of intimidating because it's such, a, such an important moment in history. It's the, the crux of all history, right? Uh, the, the climax of our salvation story begins with the birth of Christ. And so it's an intimidating assignment. And uh, I just had to, to face up to the fact that um, it's not up to me to, to find something new in the Word of God. I just, I just read it. God does the work. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I grew up in a, a very Christian home um, where I'm, I'm talking every morning before school, my mom would have us uh, do a little worship service and, and pray. And so you can imagine around Christmas time, um, we were in Luke chapter 2 often. We were in the, the nativity story often. And every year... Um, we, we had this tradition on Christmas Eve. We'd watch the movie, The Nativity Story. When it came out, uh, we started watching it every year. And uh, I know I, I was a little heathen, but every time everybody would, would, everybody would be excited about watching this, the movie together, and it was kind of a tradition. We'd all, um, well, the girls would cuddle on the couch. Guys don't do that. But we'd all get in our pajamas and have some hot chocolate, and, and we'd all sit down to watch the movie, and I would just try to slowly slip away and go play guitar. Um, and and I, I, I let the, the nativity story kind of become commonplace. And I think it's so easy to do that. And, and for years, I, I, I dreaded church around Christmas time because I'm like, I know this story. I've seen it. I've, I've seen, I've read it. I've heard it. I've seen it in movies. I, I'm just so tired of, of, of hearing it. And I, I felt like I had absorbed all there was in that story. But boy, was I wrong. Uh, when I was confronted on it, um, I went to the Lord in prayer, and, and He began to reveal to me that it's not um, something that you can absorb everything about. It's an amazing, wonderful story, and the fact that Scripture is living and active um, shows me that we can have new revelations and see new applications and stories that even, even we've heard, you know, a hundred thousand times. Um, and so as I went through the nativity story, God just began to speak to me um, with, with something new to me, and maybe this isn't a new revelation to all of us, but this is what the Lord was teaching me through the story of Christ's birth. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And, and I want to look at the story of the shepherds. This is the passage talking about the shepherds' part in the birth of Christ. And I want to look because I think there's an important parallel with our relationship with Christ in the good news of the gospel. So, Let's start reading in verse 8 there. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I just want to stop there for a second and, and, and examine these couple verses here. Um, because I think we kind of pass over, at least I do, oftentimes, 
the shepherd's in involvement in this story. It's, it's not a large involvement. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very small piece um, when we may look at it at face value. But I think that, that what their role is, uh, is that they reflect who we are. We are the shepherds. Now, we uh, were first, we see the shepherds um, as, as what they were. They were shepherds, right? And we think of shepherds kind of, um, I think, oftentimes as, as an occupation um, just, as, just as tent making was for Paul or carpentry was for Joseph. Um, but throughout, throughout history, shepherding was seen as an unskilled labor. That meaning it was seen as, as a lowly profession, as, as the lowest of the low kind of. If, if you couldn't work with your hands and you couldn't uh, fulfill a, a, a task, um, you kind of went to the, the flocks and you were designated as a shepherd um, because, uh, you know, sheep, uh, sheep may be stupid, but... They, uh, you know, they don't take a lot to, to herd. Um, consider this quote from Aristotle, um, which says, The laziest are the shepherds who lead an idle life and get their subsistence without trouble from tame animals. So we can kind of see this attitude towards shepherds of the time um, as being not, not great, right? And we see a lot of uh, positive analogies in Scripture about shepherds, but uh, throughout most of history, they were viewed as kind of less than. Um, and when I see that, I'm, I'm reminded, or I, I think, you know, why, why are shepherds involved in the birth of Christ, right? We see this whole passage dedicated to their involvement, and that's interesting because usually when Scripture points out someone's involvement, there's some significance there. And so when I read this passage, I wonder to myself, why? Why were the shepherds, the lowliest of the low, most unworthy to witness the birth of Christ, why were they involved in that? It's a crazy thing. We think of the birth of Christ and, and we think of everything surrounding it. The, the humility of the birth of Christ, that he was born in a manger uh, around animals, right? I think, you know, if I was God, I would, I would send my son down like, like mid-Super Bowl, right? Like where everybody's gathered and everybody's, you know, cheering and, and there's a laser light show and all that. But I guess that's why I'm not God. Um, but we see this humble, humble birth of Christ, and, and I think a lot of it, and a lot of people say that the shepherd's involvement has to do with kind of pointing out the, the humility of Christ's birth and, and drawing out the humility of the moment of Christ's birth. But I think, I think they have a bigger role than that. You see, when I look at the shepherds, I see you and me in our unworthy condition. Our, our condition is sin, right? We, we were dead in our trespasses and, and condemned for, for eternity and, and sin. Um, until we received the good news. And I, I think when I, when I hear the good news, I'm, I'm reminded of that in verse 10 there where, where the angel says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. What do we recognize as good news in Scripture? No. Uh, <laughs> the, the gospel, we recognize the gospel as the good news is the, the literal translation of gospel is good news. And so when we think of the good news that the angel brings the shepherd, there's a reflection there. The reflection is the gospel. And the shepherds reflect who we are. In our unworthy condition, we are blessed with the good news that, that Christ is Lord. And so we see the shepherds in their unworthy condition really having no place in the birth of Christ, being invited, and, and, and we see them receiving this good news that they don't really deserve and so when I read that, I look at you and me, and I, I think of our condition as sin. 
And I think of the goodness of God to, to show us the gospel and to reveal to us His plan of redemption through the good news. And so then we, we are as the shepherds, unworthy witnesses of, of the good news that God has sent salvation. And, and so when I read this, I, I just think, how amazing is it that we, we take part in such a, a blessed message that we can call ourselves children of God through, through the revelation of His Word and in the Gospel, which is that we are saved through Christ's sacrifice. So let's, let's continue reading in, in verse 11 there. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of angels of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I love that. On earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, there's, there's a condition there. And we talked a little bit about that last night at the women's event. I didn't know I could do a women's event, but I'm allowed. And it was wonderful food, so I'm glad I did. Um, but we talked about the condition that, that we have to, to be pleasing the Lord, live lives that are pleasing to the Lord to experience his peace there. Um, and so we see this, this the, the, the shepherds are faced. They, they've received the good news, right? They've seen the good news. And now they're faced with a choice. They can either go and, and respond in obedience and go experience the goodness of, of God through, through witnessing His birth. Um, or they can keep, keep their sheep. You know, you might think of it as, well, that's an obvious choice, right? It's, it's presented by angels. It's the birth of Christ. Who would want to miss the birth of the Savior of, of all mankind, right? It's a clear command. And I'm reminded of how often I ignore clear commands given to us by the Lord. You know, when, when the Lord calls us to, to, to go and make disciples, it's, it's an active, clear command. I, I don't know of a clearer command in the entire Bible, He tells us, but how often do we, do we ignore the, the urges that we feel by the Spirit when, when the Lord begins to prick our heart to share with others? How often do we ignore that and we, we put that on the back burner and we, we don't really cons- concern ourselves with it and we just consume Christianity without taking place and, and actively taking our role as, as active members of the, the, the kingdom of God. And so we see the shepherds here faced with a choice. The choice to obey the Lord's commands. I think my favorite story of, of choosing obedience to the Lord's commands is found in, in 1 Kings 19. Uh, verses 19 through 21. It's, it's the story of, of Elisha being called by Elijah. Um, and let me just read that for you. I just, I just love that picture of, of abandon and, and sacrifice to the Lord. It says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, not Snapchat, Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen. And ran to Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to them, Go back again, for what I have done, for what have I done to you? And he re- returned from following him, and took the yoke of oxen, and sacrificed them, and boiled their flesh with the yokes of oxen, and gave it to the people, and they ate. And he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. See, this picture is is, is our response. We should have that kind of 
reckless abandon of, of forgetting our old life and, and leaving our old selves of sin and, and returning to, to, to finding ourselves and our, our fulfillment in the Lord's calling. In that, that picture of, of burning, burning the oxen and using the yokes as, 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 as kindling for the flame. I just love that. It, it shows a total commitment. And that's exactly the obedience we're supposed to show when responding to the good news of the gospel. When responding to the good news that God has given us through His Son. And so we see that obedience in the shepherds, right? They go and they go into to Bethlehem to witness the birth of Christ. Birth of Christ. Um, and we think about it, we, I think we probably overlook the, the consequences of that, right? I mean, they're going into a city. Chances are they can't take their flock, right? Um, I don't know what, what that would have looked like, but I imagine that they had to leave them behind. Um, and we see that kind of uh, intended abandon there in that story as well, that they, they left behind what, what was important to them um, to take part in the, the miracle of Christ's birth. Um, and that should be our response, right? We see again in that story that kind of abandon and, and, and reckless following of the Lord, that when the Lord calls us and we receive the good news of the gospel, we respond with it, right? We respond with obedience to His commands. And that's how we experience the goodness of God. Because what happens next? Let's, let's read on in, in verses 17 and 18. It says... Let us go over to Bethlehem. I'm sorry, that's 15. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the child. Or I'm sorry, they made known the saying that they had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard wondered at the shepherds what, what the shepherds told them. So that, that reaction, that's, that's awesome, right? We see not only did they respond in obedience and experience the goodness of God, but guys, when, when we experience the goodness of God, our, our natural reaction should, should be what? To, to go and share His goodness, right? To testify about God's goodness. You see, the, the Word of God does not return void, right? And so when we hear the message of, of the gospel, we respond to the goodness of God. Our reaction should be go, to go out and tell others about Him. And it should invoke a, a dramatic change in our lives that, that's visible to other people, that our testimony be our lives, that we be living sacrifices unto the Lord to glorify Him, to make Him holy, to make Him known among the nations. That should be our proper response. I remember when Madison and I first, first got married, um, I would try to bring up my wife all the time. I, I loved saying my wife. It felt so serious, and, and I, I liked it. Um, and it wouldn't even have to make sense with the conversation. It would be, be at Kroger, and the cashier would be like, your, your total is 37, 23. And I'm like, oh, my wife is 23. And, uh, you know, I, I just loved talking about my wife because I loved her, right? And I wanted to share that, hey, this is my relationship. This is the one that I love, that, that I found the person that I love, and, and we've made a commitment of marriage. And I, I loved talking about that. I say love like it's past tense. I still do. Um, and, and I love that. And, and our relationship reflected in the things that I said. And that's exactly our response with God. We're supposed to have that kind of relationship that, that we're just so in love with God that it overflows from us wherever we are. We, you know, we're, we're, we're just brimming with the goodness of God in our lives. And we're so joyful that we just want to share of what he's done in our lives because all of us have a testimony of God's goodness. 
And that testimony can be as simple as just the gospel of Christ that we've experienced, the good news. You see, the shepherds experienced good news from the angels, and they witnessed and took part in the goodness of God through the birth of His Son. And in that, we see the reflection of us as we, as we respond to the good news of the gospel. And so this, we have this picture here, this little picture, even within the story of the gospel, we have a, a picture of the overall arcing, overarching picture of the gospel and how we're supposed to respond. Again, we are the shepherds. We're called to live according to what the shepherds did. We see that they, they, they were unworthy of the good news, but they, they bore the, the good message, right, that they received the good word of the Lord through the angels and that their response was obedience and they responded in obedience to the Lord's commands. And then through that, they testified the goodness of God that they were able to take part in, that they were able to witness. And, and it's, it's just awesome. I love, I love reading this. And this is so new to me because every time reading through this story before, I just kind of overlooked the shepherds, right? And, and I think it's easy to do but it's just so cool to see this picture of the overarching relationship we have with the good news of the gospel. So reading on, it says, And all who heard wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And I love that response. So we see several things that the, uh, the shepherds are responding to. And it's so good. Um, you know, we see them responding by, by reaching out to others and sharing, um, which is a clear reflection of, of what Jesus gives us. His last, his last command on earth before the ascension was the, the Great Commission, that we go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe what, what Jesus has commanded um, and we see that reflected um, even before that command was given, that, that they testified to God's goodness. Um, so others might experience God's goodness. Um, and that's the goal there. That's the goal that the others know, right? It's not, it's not just that they're, they're so excited and they just want to brag. They're, they're telling them so they can experience it as well. So they, they realize and they, they be able to, to understand the gravity that the Savior of the world has been born. And for us, we're, we're reflecting the, the truth that that the Savior has come and He's died and He's risen again and, and that we can know Him and that we can experience a personal relationship with the Lord. Um, that should definitely motivate us to go share in order that Christ be magnified and, and His people be saved. And then next, um, just in that, that last verse of the passage there in verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen has been told to them. So we see that picture of, of that reaching out, right? The, the glory uh, of reaching out to others and spreading the, the word of God. And then after that, we see them reaching up, right? Glorifying the Lord and praising Him for what He has done. This is a proper response to the goodness of God. Our initial response should, should be to tell others about Him and for the glory of God, but also we should fall down on our knees and glorify God for the goodness of the gospel that, that He did send His Son, that in our unworthy condition, as the shepherds were unworthy, we are unworthy of salvation, but, but God 
the good news of the gospel is that he, he looked down with love upon us and sent his son to die. And, and through the power of the resurrection that we can know him, our natural reaction in that to be to fall down in adoration that we, we express the highest form of glorification and praise to the Lord because he is worthy. We are unworthy, but he is worthy and he's expressed his love for us through his son dying for us and the power of the gospel. You see, the shepherd's story is is a reflection of us. We, we are those are unworthy. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and what? Fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean for us? We, we can't experience personal relationship with the Lord, right? Because He is, he is holy. And the one surefire thing about us as humans is, is that we're sinful. And, and sinfulness can't exist with holiness, right? There's no overlap there. And so there had to be a way. And so the gospel is that while we were yet sinners, Christ, what? Died for us, right? That is the good news of the gospel. But even death itself couldn't hold him down because the power of Jesus is greater than the grave. And through the resurrection of Christ, he has beaten sin and death, overcoming everything holding us back from a relationship with God. And so the good news that we have today, just as the shepherds received the good news from the angels, our good news that we've received from the gospel of Christ is that we can be saved. We are not lost in our trespasses anymore for those of us who call upon the name of Jesus and believe in Him. The proper response to that is to fall down on our knees in adoration of the Lord for what He has done because He is good and His plans are perfect and He has made a way for us to know Him because He loves us. And that's the most mind-blowing, crazy thing that I've ever heard is that the holy God of the universe who could have everything he wanted wants you and me. That is the good news that we, 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 we read in the gospel here and we see reflected in the story of the shepherds. You know, when we, we hear the story of the nativity and we think about Christmas, so oftentimes we can get so focused in on the, the birth of Christ and and it's good to focus in on the birth of Christ. It's an amazing moment. It's, it's the, the, the crux of history. It's the climax, uh, the beginning of the climax of our, our salvation story. Uh, God comes to, to earth and flesh and walks among us to become our high priest who understands everything that we go through. It's, it's such an amazing story. But I, I pray that we not lose sight of the, the whole story, right? Because it doesn't end with the birth of Christ. The peace of God doesn't come through the birth of Christ, but by the death and the resurrection of Christ. And so when we read the nativity story, I invite you and, and me to, to consider the weight of the whole story and, and, and Jesus' birth in context with the whole redemptive plan of, of the Lord that, that he, he looked down on us with love and sent His Son to, to die and raise again. And, and that is the good news of Christmas, is that, that God made a way and He's come and, and He's redeemed us and that we now have the opportunity to become um, co-heirs with Christ and be a part of the family of God. And our reaction to this news should be nothing short of total adoration of the Lord expressed through, through our outreach to others that, that our natural out, uh, inclination to be to share our love for the Lord and, and to reach out and, and affect the world around us, that we not just be consumers of Christianity and just be churchgoers, but that we be active members serving Him in outreach, reaching out to our community, reaching, reaching out to our, the young generation, teaching them, instructing them in the ways of Christ. And, 
in, in reaching out naturally through our love and reflection of the good news that he's given us, right? Which is the gospel. That should be our natural inclination. And then that he be glorified by that, right? And that we should fall down on our knees and, and glorify the Lord for the good news that he has given us. For Christ has been born and a savior has been given. And all of history has led up to that moment. And so the good news of Christmas and the good news of his birth is that God made a way for you and me. And he's called us, even us in our unworthy condition, lost in sin and our own transgressions, that he has called us and given us the good news of the gospel. And that we have a choice because he loves us and there's free will there, right? But we have a choice to obey the Lord's commands and he calls us to obey his commands. And when we do obey his commands, we experience God's goodness. And we experience the plans of God and the peace of God and everything that comes with being a child of God. And our reaction to that is to share him and to glorify him, to make him known. And so as, as I kind of close up and, and wrap up, I just, I, I just want to remind you that when you read the story of the shepherds, it's a reflection of ourselves. It's a reflection of our interaction with the gospel of Christ. And I would invite us all this Christmas season to, to consider the story of Christ's birth in the full context of the gospel, that we wouldn't just remember the nativity, but we'd look forward to what that sparked, what the beginning of Christ's life led to, which is the resurrection and the hope of heaven, and that you would take joy in knowing that you and I can, can be secure, knowing that we are part of the family of God because of the sacrifice of Christ through the goodness of the gospel. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray for us and, and I think our worship team is going to come and, and close us out with, uh, with some music. Um, w- would you pray with me? God, we thank you for, for the goodness of your gospel. God, the, the good news that you have sent to us, that you made a way where there was no way, where, where we were dead in our, our sins and our trespasses. We, we were lost without hope, but you brought hope to us, God, through the Son your son, God, that, that through his, his death and resurrection, we, we have the ability to become sons and daughters and co-heirs with Christ. What a privilege it is to be a part of that story, God, to just be a recipient of your, your grace and your mercy. God, not by anything that we do, but just by receiving. We know the shepherds didn't do anything to earn a place at the birth of Christ, but they still received the good news joyfully and, and they obeyed you, God, and, and they responded um, after seeing the, the manifestation of, of your goodness through the birth of your son, they went and testified your goodness. God, I just ask that you set a fire in our hearts that we would experience you in a new way, that, that you would set a fire in our hearts, that we would go out and reach out to our communities and, and that we would reach out to the world, to all nations, to share you, God, out of just a pure desire to love you, not that we earn anything from it, but just to, to glorify you, God, that you would receive the glory and the honor in the praise, God, we just thank you for, for, for the nativity and for what it means and for how it changed our life and our history. God, we just thank you for your goodness this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.